0: It's good to be with you tonight, and uh, let's just be real clear about uh, where we've come and why. Uh, if a man goes to the doctor and he's having terrible pains in his stomach, and uh, the doctor tells him after the examination and some tests that he has cancer in his stomach, and the man says to the doctor, no, I do not have cancer in my stomach and the doctor furthermore tells him that the only way to overcome this cancer is to begin chemotherapy treatments immediately, and the man says, No, Pepto-Bismol will do fine. What will happen to that man? He will be self-deceived, and he will die in his self-deception, won't he? Now, we've heard tonight already about guilt and grace. We've already said that uh, we have this terrible disease with which we're all born, which is part of the human race, We are criminals in God's world. We are rebels against him by nature. And we must acknowledge that. Without acknowledging it, we will die in self-deception and die apart from God, an enemy of God, and be punished by him eternally. Uh, But of course, when God describes our guilty condition, he also gives us the remedy. And the remedy is not, well, just do your best to um, tighten your belt and please me now like you haven't done in the past. No, that's not grace. Grace is, I forgive you for your sins through the precious blood of my son Jesus. Now, if all that's true, if we acknowledge the extent of our guilt, if we're honest about that, and we beg for the forgiveness of God in Christ and He forgives us by pouring out the penalty that we deserved on Jesus and putting Jesus' perfect obedience on us, if all of that's true, then it's pretty obvious why we'd want to actually live like good people then, right? I mean, maybe you were wondering as uh, you heard Moses speak tonight about grace, well, you're saying that churches tell people to be good and to love God and isn't that a good thing? And we say that yes, it's a good thing if it's properly understood. Let me say it, in the negative sense, if you don't understand why it is that we ought to love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and why we ought to strive to love our neighbor as ourselves, why we ought to try and change and repent from all of the kinds of sins uh, that we struggle with, if you don't understand biblically why we ought to be doing that, then God will actually be more offended at your trying to please Him uh, than you were, in the, than he was with you in the first place. Let me say that again. It is very important for us to understand why it is that we must strive to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and strive to love our love our neighbor as ourself, Strive to fight our sins and repent from them, and to go forward in good deeds. It's important that we understand why properly, because if we don't, if we do those things for the wrong reason, God will actually be more offended with us than he was originally when we had never even thought about our sin. Okay? I mean, there will be some people who say, when they think about religion or Christianity, yes, I want to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind and strength and love my neighbor as myself. And we say, that's great, why do you want to do it? And they say, well, because God tells me if I don't do it, then he's going to send me to hell. And I've got try hard. And some people will say, you know, religion is pretty simple. All you have to do is do the best you can, love the Lord your God, try not to sin, try not to be as bad as the really bad people, and then God will accept you. Uh, I listened to sports talk radio, and a few years ago there was an interview of Shane Battier. A few years ago he was a great college basketball superstar, plays in the NBA today. And uh, you know how our culture is. Whenever they want to ask about important things like uh, religion or philosophy, they go to sports stars, right? Or movie stars. So uh, they asked Shane Battier, who had majored in world religions, uh, what he had learned or the most important insight that he had over four years of study in this field. And his answer was that basically all religions teach the same truth. And that truth is Try to love God as best you can and love your neighbor as best you can and be selfless and you will be rewarded. And you know what? Most of the world, no matter what religion they follow, no matter what labels they put on their God or gods, and even sadly, most people who profess to be Christians today really think of religion that way, really think of their striving to be good, to love God and to love their neighbor so that at the end of the day God will accept them. And if you believe that about why you should try to be good, then God is actually more offended with you than if you had never thought about being good or trying hard in the first place. And that's because, like we've already heard and it's important to uh, drill into our heads tonight, that God is perfect and He demands perfection. And nothing less will suffice. He will accept nothing less. And so we ought to know, given who we are, that we do not meet that standard. And the only way that standard could be met is if Jesus met it for us. If when God looks at me now, He sees me covered in Christ's perfection. And He sees the blood of Christ having been shed to pay the penalty that I deserved. And my works... My striving to be obedient will have nothing to do with my standing before God. My loving Him as best I can, as I ought to do. My loving my neighbor as best I can, as I ought to do. My fighting all of my sins and resisting all the temptations that I face. All good things. None of that will measure up to get me right with God. It's only what Christ has done for me. Right? So if we think that doing good works will contribute at all to our salvation, we are actually offending God even more. Uh, now, many people believe that about their good works, or there are some people, you know, who say, well, based on what I heard tonight, I don't even need to do good works. I mean, if it's basically, you're saying we're all the same, you know, we're all criminals in God's universe, and Christ forgive, you know, God chooses certain amount of people to save from their sins, and He sends Christ to save them, so God gives them the obedience of Christ, and Christ takes away all their sins, then I don't need to do good works at all. I mean, not even in fact. I think I should probably sin even more so that there would be more grace coming to me, right? And it doesn't matter what I do anyway, because God has already decided to, you know, choose me and save me and I can't lose that salvation I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and there are people who treat the Christian faith like that aren't there there are people who will come to church when their conscience bothers them on occasion and they will however in their mind process some understanding of God being merciful to them although they're unclear about it and then what? go about their life the same way that they did before as if they still belong to themselves. Uh, I don't have to do good works. But the Scripture says, you, Christians, must consider yourselves dead to sin and now alive to God in Christ. And let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey its old passions and lusts. Do not present your members uh, of the members of your body as instruments for unrighteousness, but now present yourselves as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. Some people would say, I'm going to do good works to get saved. I'm going to love God so that He'll accept me. And we say that's an offense to God. And some people say, well, God saved me. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. It doesn't matter. And that is an offense to God. What the Scripture says is, that we ought to strive to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, to love our neighbor as ourselves; to fight our sin, to do good in this life because we have been bought with a price and we don't belong to ourselves anymore. But God has been so gracious to us to redeem us from all of our miseries when we did not deserve it and now it is our fitting service to show Him our thankfulness really that He bought us. the right motivation for being obedient to God, which is a good thing, cannot be so that He'll accept me. It cannot be, I'm just going to ignore good works, it has to be, God, I want to show you that I am thankful that you've saved me. And you know what? The works that I do, Father, they're incomplete even now. Even as a Christian, the Catechism says, even the holiest person in this life still falls far short of the obedience that God really demands of us, and we will say, look, all of the good works that I do offer to you now, it's just what I owe you. And I want to show you, even in these small ways, Father, that I am thankful that you have been so kind and loving to me. Gratitude. Gratitude means showing our thankfulness to God that He saved us by His grace alone, apart from anything that we did. Uh, The Christian church in its various forms throughout history has always struggled to properly understand the place of good works. And it's no different today. Uh, Whether it be uh, some of the older churches that you've heard about, maybe the Roman Catholic Church, who officially said that good works are part of the basis of which God looks at us and then accepts us based on what we've done. And that's what the whole Roman Catholic system is about. You do your part of good works. You pray and other people pray for you and their good works get put on your account and at the end of the day you get changed inside and God continues to work in you and you do all this good stuff and eventually God will look at you and say, okay, you've reached the proper level. Now you are accepted. But that's not grace. The church has always struggled to put the good works that we ought to do following the good commandments of the Bible in the right place. And the right place is has nothing to do with our salvation. It's all our response to thank God that He saved us apart from anything that we've done. Okay? Now, God also defines in His Word what He considers good works or good gratitude to be. Uh, One of the things that plagues the modern church is That basically, when you go to church, all you're left hearing is what one man's opinion or woman's opinion is about how you ought to show God your gratitude. I mean, even if they got guilt right and they got grace right, their teaching to you about how you ought to live to show God gratitude is basically, be like me. You know I don't know if you've ever visited other churches in the broader evangelical culture. or Maybe you grew up in that like I did. Uh, but basically when you hear the messages, the impression that you get is you are being called by God to live the higher spiritual life like the person who is speaking is living. You know, you'll hear a lot about their story, about how they uh, came to faith in Jesus Christ. And you hear a lot about what they are doing in their life to be pleasing to God. And they may not say directly, be like me, but the impression that you get is that in order to live the higher spiritual life, whatever that is, in order to be more uh, Christian and be more dedicated and be more pleasing to God, then you just have to imitate me and sign your name to be involved in these 15 projects and give X amount of money and do this and that and all these other rules that people come up with. Some of them are spoken. Some of them are unspoken. You want to be like the one who looks so spiritual... And so intense, you want to be like the one who reads his Bible X amount of minutes a day and spends X amount of hours a day in prayer? This is what all of you are expected to do in the modern church. A lot of man's opinions and traditions are laid out in front of you as what you should do. And it's not just the modern churches, right? It's the old churches and the high formal churches, too. And some of the things that they require you to do, some of the rituals. A lot of them, man made opinions about how you ought to be pleasing to God. But God expects, this is the point, God expects you to show your gratitude to Him for saving you, not just by striving to do good, but by striving to do the good that He requires of you in His Word. You see, not everything that we think that we are doing for God is necessarily something that is pleasing to Him. Not everything that we think we are doing for God, think that we are thinking about God, is something that is pleasing to Him. In our catechism, it asks the question, what are good works? And there are certain qualifications that a work or an action or a thought would have to meet in order to be good in the sight of God, in order for God to accept it as an expression of thanksgiving to Him, which we desire to give Him because He's made us alive when we didn't deserve it. And a good work is only good if it comes from true faith, and that we've already talked about, remember, true faith in the Gospel, meaning I'm not doing it in order to get myself right with God, but I'm doing it out of gratitude that Christ saved me by His grace. And a good work must be done according to the law of God. Done according to the law of God. I may only show gratitude to God in the ways in which He has instructed me in His word. The things which I ought to do are taught me in the law of God. Look, isn't it right in our culture that nobody? Uh, Tom mentioned it earlier. Isn't it right in our culture nobody likes to be told to hear that they're wrong. Uh, nobody likes to be told you have thought a certain way about something, and that's wrong. Uh, they teach our children in schools, right? They, they say to teachers, uh, don't tell them that they're wrong. Tell them. Yes, and then change the question and then ask the other question again to try and get the right answer out of them. But you never want to tell anybody that they're wrong because what? We have that innate pride, don't we? We hate to be told that we're wrong. We hate to think that something that we thought about in the past was misguided. Uh, Let me tell you, I know what that's like. Uh, My understanding of grace growing up was much like what Moses described that's uh, popularly preached, that basically you try the best that you can and hope that God will give you grace in response to that and maybe you can make it if you try hard enough. And uh, when I was confronted with the fact that that kind of thinking was actually arrogant, I said, I'm not arrogant. I, I know I'm a sinner and I'm just trying to please God. And they said, no, actually, that's pretty arrogant. And I said, I'm not wrong. I don't like to hear that I'm wrong. And I was challenging my thinking about God the Bible was teaching something else about how I, who I really was and how I could be saved and I had to conform my thinking to what the Scripture said and it was very uncomfortable to me and it's the same way in living the Christian life and showing God gratitude. You know, we have to be willing to take a step back and uh, to hear from those trained in the Word of God as we open the Word of God to hear uh, from the Word through His servants and say, let me evaluate my life and see... If the ways in which I am thinking about God and the ways in which I am acting to show Him that I'm pleased actually conform to what He says. I mean, this is one of the reasons why you're all invited here tonight. is because there are so many misconceptions about who God is and how we ought to live as Christians uh, that we want to examine ourselves in light of the law of God. Romans 12:1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, brothers by the mercies of God. In other words, because God has been so merciful to you, I beg you, present your bodies as a living sacrifice and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is, the scripture tells you tonight, I want you, the Lord says through His word, I desire you to conform all of your understandings about what you should do in your life that is uh, supposedly pleasing to me, I want you to learn about that from the Word. And I want you even to be open to being challenged about ways you have thought in the past about me and about what pleases me, and I want you to learn it from the Scripture. You see, a good work, a good thought, a thought that shows God true gratitude, a work that shows God true gratitude in my life, an attitude, a disposition, the practicing of my religion, all of that that God considers good must conform to what He says in His Word, conform to the law which tells us how to live. It shouldn't just be, as the Catechism says, uh, resting on my own opinion or on the commandments of men. Resting on my own opinion or the commandments of men. You know, one of the things, the ways in which you show God gratitude that... Uh, for him saving you by your, his grace when you didn't deserve it is by taking a step back and looking at your life and considering, for example, uh, what do I really believe about God and does that conform to the scripture? Uh, where do I go to church? What are the differences between the church that I attend and, and the churches that the church that is here and other churches and which churches are faithfully teaching and preaching the word of truth found in the scripture. Questions like, well, I've been worshipping in a particular church all my life, but what does the Bible say about how God wants to be worshipped? You know, one of the things that bothers all Christians is that there's so many denominations, right? I mean, it's embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, it's bad enough, right, that out in the world there are people who deny Jesus Christ outright, but it's, it's even worse that people who profess to believe in Him uh, have so many splits, and there's a different kind of church on every corner, and everybody's pointing fingers at everybody else, and it's all a big mass of confusion. And one of the ways in which we are called to show God our gratitude that He saved us by His grace, apart from our works, is to conform our mind to the Scripture and to discern. Based on the teachings that are set forth in these churches and the way in which He is worshipped, which churches are closest to the teachings that He has given His church in the Scripture? Which churches are doing things which are not bound to the opinions of men? Which churches are not designed to serve the pastor, say, but churches which are designed to serve Christ who saved us and to be obedient to His Word? Which churches are designed not primarily to please men and to show success to the world, but rather just to be faithful to the Scripture which God has given us. Which churches, for example, are practicing baptism and the Lord's Supper the way that Jesus wanted it to happen and the way that the Scripture teaches that it happened? Uh, which churches, for example, are caring enough about their members to practice church discipline, to make sure that everybody is mutually accountable in the church so that none would be lost as opposed to churches which just care about being the biggest and the brightest and the loudest and having the most exciting uh, worship band or program that everybody can be a part of. You see, all of these kinds of questions that we are being called to ask, conforming our mind to the Scripture, uh, looking out, being on guard for the opinions of men and the commandments of men and people who are more pleased about or more concerned about pleasing man than pleasing God. You see, we have to conform our minds to the Scripture. We have to find the biblical answers to these questions. This is the way in which we may show our gratitude to God uh, that He saved us. If you have the wrong view about why you ought to conform your mind to the Word of God, if you have the wrong view about why you ought to love God and love your neighbor, He will be more offended with you than even before you thought about pleasing Him. Uh, But we know that though we were criminals and rebels in God's universe and deserve only damnation, that Christ took our punishment and gave us His obedience. And now, because I am not my own and I am bought with a price, I will glorify God with my body. I will show Him that I am thankful And when I fail, I will confess and repent and receive the precious forgiveness of Christ again, thanking Him for that and go forward in repentance. Not to save myself, not to please other people, but to show Him that I'm truly thankful. And I will do it in a way, progressively, that conforms to the teachings of His Word. And may God give us the grace to faithfully show him gratitude and grow in that uh, the rest of our lives.